anybody home? Yo, is anybody home? Anybody home? Let's talk housing. Affordable housing to be exact. Did you know DC Housing Authority is the city's largest affordable housing provider? Join us and explore how the agency works. Hear from the executive director, Tyrone Garrett. Stay up to date on agency initiatives and programs and so much more. Let's talk housing. So, Director Garrett, since we last spoke, it's been a busy time for you. Yes, it has. I think it's been a busy time for all of the the, the staff and the team at DCHA. It's been a, um, a lot of media, media coverage. There's been a lot of talk about mold and leaks and rodents and things like that. And, and those are just some of the things that families are who live in the district are dealing with, isn't it? Yes, I think what we've been able to talk about and started discussing over the last, at least the last year now, is uh, the 2,600 units that are, we believe, to be in extremely urgent um, repair or in need of extremely urgent um, repair. And what we do with those residents and those particular properties, I, the big thing for us now is making a those tough decisions of whether or not we're going to move forward with you know, options for relocation of residents, whether there are going to be re revitalization plans created, and also where is the money going to come from. I think that's probably, uh, if we needed to do it in reverse, actually the, the funding source for all of these things that need to occur to put residents in better conditions so their families can thrive um, is probably the most important thing we've been facing over the last few, few, few months. And it's intensified, as you can see, over the last few weeks about exactly who's going to support um, which, which portion of our actual initiative. Well, is, it, is anybody going to be moving anytime soon? No, no. I, I, and I have to couch that as we are doing relocations of residents who are in serious conditions that we just know we cannot do any type of Band-Aid approach or any type of repair to. So there was approximately 272 Housing Choice vouchers that we set aside for those residents who are in environmentally unsound conditions. Um, and we've been using those as sparingly as we possibly can to deal with particular residents and their families um, to try, them, try to move them out. Because in essence, real, realizing that's over 2,600 units and we're working off of 272 vouchers, um, it's really difficult to try and prioritize which families have that option to move versus another. Now, th th this has been going on for some time though, right? I mean, the buildings have, have been falling in disrepair for decades, right? Right. This didn't just occur overnight. Um, this wasn't just something that I, I, I stumbled onto when I came on board. This has been occurring not only at the DCHA, but our housing authorities throughout the nation, where we've seen, you know, lack of funding and capital, capital initiatives through HUD, which has put many housing authorities in the position where uh, many needs have gone unaddressed over, over a period of time, over years. So when you don't have preventive maintenance occurring um, through lack of funding, you end up in these particular situations where the issues and your concerns with um, improvements or, or just minimal repairs have now been expounded into something much greater than what they originally were. So, D Director Guy, I've seen a number of $2.2 .2 billion out there. Is that is that the number? $2.2 billion would be the number if we wanted to maintain our current portfolio as traditional public housing. That is definitely the, the number that we have to, that we anticipate having to utilize. In fact, what you've heard throughout the nation is that it's over $50 billion um, throughout the nation for all of the nation's public housing authorities for capital improvements as a need. So ours is really just a drop in the bucket compared to what other agencies probably need themselves. And so when you're thinking about the conditions, I mean, when you walk into the, into these homes, what are you thinking? 
I'm thinking how uncomfortable I, I would be to live here. Um, how I feel when I see residents are in this type of what I consider to be despair um, to some extent. And it's created based on the housing authority not being able to come through on their behalf. And, and I feel very personally responsible for trying to make a difference in their lives and trying to come up with the possible solutions that will improve um, their, 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 their family structure. And so um, part of the problem stems from a steady decline in public housing. You mentioned that public housing funds um, from the federal government over the last several years. I mean, what, when, when you're looking at the decline of funding that's coming in from the federal government, how are you, what are the questions you're asking yourself? How are you attacking this problem? Well, again, I'm going to say first is where, where, where we can make the, the biggest bang for our buck within the for portfolio with our funding source. Um, also identifying which units actually are in extreme urgent need. That's a big piece of the puzzle because if we've identified, let's say, 14 properties in our portfolio, which we believe we need to address within the next two to three years directly, there's another third of our portfolio right behind it that um, just one water leak away from being in the same condition as the original 14 properties that we're working with right now. Um, and that, that creates um, severe distress for me because what happens when that, what do we do when that actually occurs? You know, which direction do we actually go, do we actually go in? Um, and here in the district, the, another issue that we have to deal with, because when we're looking for the, as I say, the funding sources to help us improve the conditions, um, funding sources from the private sector um, put in, to, in many people's mind, to and put in jeopardy traditional public housing. Um, and so we have to take into consideration our residents, our stakeholders, and their concerns about preserving as much traditional public housing as we possibly can, but also um, continuing our, in our direction to try and make improvements. Um, relocation is that other big piece. Um, anxiety that's created by residents having to move just in general. Any of us having to pack up and, and move into a new community or, you know, move our families um, creates such a tension um, among us. In this particular situation, coming out of a, a, a unit that is in disrepair, having to move into a new community um, in a rapid fashion, quite possibly, um, can create a, such a strain. And we want to make sure that we, if we are put in that position where we have to relocate residents, um, as one of our concerns, biggest concerns that we put to the forefront, is how we do it. And that we make sure we do it in a manner that keeps residents um, feeling comfortable, that we show them um, as much respect as we possibly can so that they move with dignity and also make sure that we assure them that upon revitalization of our site they have that right to return. Um, that's also a, a, a big point that we have to stress and we'll continue to talk about it as we go out through within the community and have these direct conversations. So families can expect to hear from the Housing Authority as they prepare to relocate? Yes, we're going to be doing a real serious, um, intense customer and resident engagement as we go through this process because there have been no final decisions made on any property um, any way, shape or form. We still have to talk to our board of commissioners and talk to all the stakeholders that are actually involved. So in order to do that, we need to have true transparency and engagement with our residents. And we're going to be going out. I mean, we're going to take this show on the road, so to speak, engage, ask questions, and also, most importantly, we're going to listen. We're going to listen to what the residents have to say to us um, so that we can incorporate that into any plans that we try to create on their behalf.
when you really dive down, the $2.2 billion would provide an opportunity for us to do some sort of rehabilitation, extensive rehabilitation to our properties, but it wouldn't give us the operating subsidy that we actually still need to preserve and maintain the units going forward. So that's one big consideration that we always have to think about when trying to put together a formula um, to solve and resolve this problem. Um, we're realizing that poverty is not something that people should um, be identified with or identified by. And in what we're pre presenting and what we're talking about doing is so comprehensive. There's a human capital component attached to it. There is also, you know, uh, not just the bricks and mortar. There's also a transformation not only of the outside units, but also of the agency overall, the DCHA, um, building its capacity to be able to service its residents in a better manner and, and fashion. So combining, we talk about 2.2 billion, yes, that is a number for rehabilitation, but it goes so much deeper than that. Um, and it expounds itself as we start talking about social services um, and respecting our residents. As, as much as possible. Thanks for listening. Please share and subscribe. Let's talk housing.